0: Huh? This is
1: yeah A collection of stories Landover Legend Studios presents uh, I've been through a lot
0: now, I can't make this up podcast
1: yeah. my big serious but you. Oh, man, not too bad. I am up early editing videos and uploading for next week's shows, you know. Nice. I see you got your um, playing in the background there. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> so, man, uh, uh, I got to ask, uh, did you get a chance to check out any of my previous content?
0: I did. That's why I agreed to do this. Um not trying to be like I'm so popular I get asked all the time but I do I do get asked you know be on stuff podcasts and it ultimately comes down to if I think the person is cool or not mm. and uh so I checked out your content I I looked at your uh, Friday review okay of uh, uh, and uh, I was like yeah this guy's cool Yeah, I'll do it because you know there's a lot of psychos and cloud chasers and everything out there so uh It's it's on an individual basis, I
1: guess. Yeah, I I think you're a cool guy. So I appreciate that, man. I um I've been a fan of yours for a while. I uh discovered your YouTube channel while surfing for some uh, One Punch Man videos, and I like the way you break it down as a true fan, and you know, give your you know analytical expertise to it. You know, and then the theories.
0: yeah the theory's never end. there's always a new one there's always uh one for people to get excited about or get upset with you about too
1: <laughs> What well, one thing i thought was uh you know kind of interesting uh your theory on stitch and uh you know about him being blast and i just was like you know i you know, things no, 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 Stitch, Sitch knowing blast. I didn't think Sitch was blast. Okay. All right. So all right. I, my mistake on that one. But I'm just like, I just me, I just was like, I didn't think an apology video was necessary, but yeah. You know. Oh no, um it, the bearded worker yeah. I thought was
0: blast, not a uh, Sitch. Um I made the apology video is kind of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of funny thing because I put so much hype on And like a lot of the videos that I made about it kind of went viral or, you know, to an extent. And I also even had (laughs) merch on one of those videos. So I kind of felt bad. And instead of just everyone consistently roasting me and, you know, in follow up videos and whatnot, you know, let me just put one video out there saying that, look guys, I was wrong and uh, you know, you can just put all the roasting here. So I, I think it kind of worked because I I don't think I've been roasted too much lately. Uh, of the fact that I was wrong about that, even though it's not one hundred percent confirmed that he's not the bearded worker yet, but I have given up. I'm sure Blast is just his own dude, and the bearded worker maybe doesn't even exist anymore in the story. Maybe he was only just there in the beginning. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I think that uh, you know, when you're speculating on the mind of another individual that you know no one truly knows you can only you know guess based on you know uh past experiences so it's like this could happen or it couldn't so a twist is always good in my uh you know in my experience
0: absolutely and i've noticed that since i've gone deeper into this game And, you know, watching other people's content, not even just anime, but just other fandoms or whatever, you know, speculation and everything. I'm like, I see how this happens and I see how it happens to myself, too. You start one upping yourself on like these theories and the speculation and stuff and it becomes more and more fantastical every time and it becomes more and more complex as to where you're no longer even going off of the narrative of the series. You're mainly going off of what you want to happen. And I, and I definitely think I'm guilty of that. Like going back, I think it was more so me wanting Blast to be the bearded worker than it actually being like legitimately the case, because I mean, you can just construct anything really the way you want it. But this information, Uh, you know, like, you could just make it a compelling argument for him not being the to worker as well. And I just think it comes down to entertainment value, I guess, you know, because it is fun to do, to speculate and to come out with these theories and everything. And um, like I said, I do think sometimes maybe we get a little uh, ahead of ourselves w- with this stuff. And another thing that I've noticed is that these mangakas, not all of them, Uh, but I would say some of them, maybe we put too much faith in them and maybe put them too much on a pedestal because some of the times I'll like read an interview or something and where they're talking about the writing process or whatever. And then they'll say like, Oh yeah, I actually just forgot about that storyline. Or they'll ask like some like super interesting question that people have been uh, wondering about. Like, okay, so You know what's the secret behind this character? Did you purposely, you know, make this storyline happen that way? And then they'll say like, "Oh no, um, I kind of just thought it was cool," or they'll say something like that. (laughs) Ah, I, 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 you know, I I, I was putting you too much on a pedestal, and you know, maybe I need to pull back a little bit on that because while they are super talented, uh, you know, amazing writers, and I think that's another reason why. Uh, you know, these manga series have such broad fan bases because it's very, uh, I'd say, accessible to many people because the writing is so good. And, you know, these characters are relatable despite how incredible they are. Uh, but, you know, maybe sometimes we put just too much on them and think that the writing is too complex and too deep when it's maybe kind of shallow sometimes.
1: Yeah. I can agree with that. I think that once you give, you know, high expectations to another person's dream, you kind of set yourself up for, you know, a little heartache and, you know, failure at the same time, because you can have as much hopes as you want to make something, you know, in your imagination real, but you have no control over it unless it's, your your own creation, you know, so you can build your own universe with, you know, the protagonist or antagonist of your dreams, you know, but you can really only, you know, be a fan of another person's, you know, dreams, you know, just, just, that's just my line of thinking. No, you know, that, that's, that's pretty much spot on
0: what it is about. And, uh, Going back to what you're talking about with uh, Beerus' background there, I think Dragon Ball community is a perfect example of what we we're talking about because <laughs> I think they're uh, just, like, starving for Dragon Ball to have more depth to it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'll see all of these wild, crazy videos that are very entertaining and like going into these deep theories and giving these characters way more nuance and backstory than even the creators have and even the writers and whatever have. And it just goes back to, you know, like what you're just saying about you can only experience someone else's dream to be honest. And, uh, you know, you just kind of have to go with it unless you make your own thing, which many people have, I don't know if you're aware, but there's like, Twelve or like twenty fan uh, Dragon Ball mangas that are going on, and it's not just like some you know thing that's getting like twelve views on DeviantArt or something. I mean, these mm-hmm. things have massive fan bases, like thousands and thousands of people. Uh, so I, I just think that goes back to uh, you know what you were saying too.
1: Oh yeah, without without nerding out too hard, um, <laughs> you know I follow a lot of creators um on youtube and other platforms who have spin off stories what ifs um their own you know uh you know uh after like a let's say a, a new chapter comes out and they put out probable you know uh made up animes or made up stories about what's gonna happen next so yeah man as as a fan since i guess you could say nineteen ninety since I first saw Dragon Ball, Ronin Warriors, uh, um, Fist of the North Star, you know stuff like that. It's just like, okay, holy crap, dude, 1990.
0: That's that was like super deep cut at that time. Like for you to even be aware of Dragon Ball 1990 is like super. Super impressive. Like I think it was like not even localized at that point, was it? I mean, I don't I don't really know the exact history of Dragon Ball coming over to the United States. As far as I know, it was like the late nineties, really, when we started getting it. But man, you knowing about a nineteen ninety is crazy.
1: Yeah. Being a cartoon fan, getting up, you know, six AM on a Saturday, you know, to, to fill my time slot till the afternoon. You know, I would turn on uh I think it was like channel twenty and then uh 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 here's that Dragon Ball. I'm like, what's what's this? This is catchy. This is a little kid with a tail. I've never seen that before. The next thing you know, instant fan, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that was also my first uh experience with just anime in general. Um I, I think Dragon Ball Z might have been the first one I saw, but it was like around when Toonami was out, so this was probably like two thousand one. And it just looked different, you know, because we're so used to, like, seeing the American cartoon art style and everything. And it's tame, obviously, in comparison. So, like, when you see anime, it's like the style is different. They're more serious. And there's like, whoa, is that blood? Are they actually getting hurt? It's like, why is – like, what's going on here? Why is this so compelling and interesting? And then you keep – but then you start going down a rabbit hole. And then, you know, before you know it, you you just – have, have read the entire series or, or now you know everything about it. And now you want more. And uh, it, it's definitely, I, I, you know how they talk about gateway drugs and, and everything. I think Dragon Ball is the gateway anime for sure. For I think most of us at this point. I mean, obviously not the new, new, new generation. I mean, they, you know, they're born with, you know, tons and tons of stuff on you know, the internet and social media and everything. But You know, 2001, you know, when uh, I was a little kid, there was only like Dragon Ball Z and the big three.
1: That was pretty much it. Yeah. Dragon Ball's impact globally has been growing steadily since. I I could say 2000, back when they used to, you know, rerun uh, the Freezer saga or the uh, Dynamic saga. Until they actually decided to go over into the you know the following season, it's just like oh I've been waiting for this for years. I'm getting tired of them, you know, stopping right there, like right when Goku was about to you know really kick some ass, and then uh, let me go take it back to the Sagan Saga for you, you know.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you remember that too, because my memories are like vague of it, but I do kind of remember they kept going in that cycle to where it would get only so far into the Frieza saga. I think even before uh, Frieza even started fighting, I don't remember exactly, but I think it would always end like after Goku shows up to save everyone from like recomb and everything. Mm -hmm. And then it would, and then it would go back to the first episode like, wait, what? There's obviously more to this. And the only way at that time, I was able to see continuations of the series was we had to go to Blockbuster. I'm sure you remember that mm-hmm. Uh But Blockbuster had like the VHSs of like the continuation uh, of the episodes. But even then that only went so far. So then you had to wait like months and months for the next VHS that came to come out and VHS would only have like three episodes on it or something. Man. And and now it's like, you know, everything is available instantly, which is, you know, cool and everything, but it's, it's just so wild how things have changed so so drastically in what, like less than 20 years.
1: I actually realized that there was a, a network that used to show um, Japanese TV, and it used to uh, air episodes of Dragon Ball Z on Sunday at like 7 p.m. So, I think I like was clicking through the channels and I saw like a glimpse of Goku and I was like, wait a minute. Are they showing Dragon Ball Z on here? And then next thing you know, but it was all in, you know, Japanese with subtitles. So that was my only way of figuring out what happened next until um, I saw I think I rented uh, like the Broly movie. And then I realized I can actually order movies you know with subtitles i was like okay cool so i you know then i realized that you know dragon Ball had ended like in japan like in the 90s but oh we were just getting it years later and then you once you get older you realize there was licensing issues and stuff like that and he's like, okay that makes sense but now it you can actually own it without waiting there's no more blockbuster this so it's just going to cost you 20 bucks or so per set <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I don't mind uh, paying. I'm happy to help or whatever in any way that I can with that stuff. I I I rarely find myself doing the torrent stuff, not because I'm like, it's unethical or anything. I don't care. It's just that sometimes I do legitimately like uh, supporting certain creators or individuals or companies and whatnot, maybe not so much Suecia. I don't like that company and I don't think they should be supported, but they kind of have to be because they have a monopoly and all of this stuff. Um, that's a topic for another time. I, I've had so many issues with that company. Um, but going back to getting like the, the content, you said getting the Broly movie—that's another thing that reminded me. Um, because if if we weren't able to get the like the dub stuff from Funimation, then I remember um, you said you live on the East Coast. I live in Philadelphia uh, my whole life, and we would go to Chinatown in Philadelphia because that was like the secret place that had all of the Japanese VHSs and all all of the stuff that would never be able to get otherwise. So I remember we would go to Chinatown with my Chinese friends because uh, the school that I went to around that place, you know, it was close to Chinatown. So we would go to Chinatown and then we would go to like these secret stores that have like, I don't even know what you call them, variety stores maybe. They'll have like Toys and other knickknacks in there, and then randomly just like all of the Dragon Ball Z movies for some reason. And they weren't even really that expensive, but the quality was terrible. Like, I, I mean, now if we were watching it, it would be like, you know, 180p or something. But at that time, we didn't care. We were just enamored at seeing new content, things that we've never seen before. Like, I, I remember the first time I saw Super Saiyan 4 and uh, GT, I, like, I could have contemplated, I was like, oh my God, is this. What's going on? Is this real? <laughs> you know, I, I, so it's like um yeah, just things have changed and uh the gateway anime uh, Dragon Ball uh yes, it, it, I I I haven't rehashed these memories since I've been talking to you about it now, so it's like all coming back to me. Um but aside from that, what and, and aside from Dragon Ball and you know, One Punch Man, are you into any other manga or anime at the moment?
1: Oh man. <clears throat> at the moment my top show as of two years ago is mha like that i mean don't get me wrong dragon ball z is the goat forever it just just in my heart you know but mha right now is is killer and i'm not i you know uh i like the i like the story the progression the character building and everything um but when you fall in love with these shows, it's hard to accept the fact that, you know, they got to end eventually. So it's kind of like I'm um, kind of withdrawn from accepting where the story is going. But I like the idea of Vigilantes also, uh, you know, uh, having a crossover pretty soon. And it's a possibility of it happening. And if it can continue through that, you know, that would be dope. So MHA, um, I've been checking out Jujitsu Kaizen. Um, it's, it's decent, you know, in my opinion, but, um, I guess because, uh, I guess, I, I don't want to say, I, I guess you got to have like a certain element for me to enjoy certain battle mongers, you know? So it's, it's kind of like a three out of five for me so far. And, uh, shoot, what else is, there? I mean, One Punch Man, of course, uh, um, I can't even think of what else that I'm I'm following currently. I mean, besides like the classics like Kanichi and Yu Yu Hakusho, the return of that, um, and I'm pretty sure I'll think of some other ones later. Yu Yu Hakusho's return. Yeah, so they they started they started the uh, the manga back up. So what? Yeah,
0: I I got to put this on uh, the back burner for after we're done here. That's amazing! I love you, Hot Show.
1: Yeah, I I, I wasn't a yeah. fan of the way it ended, but once I heard of the, the return and I started seeing sketches and like um, they talk about new characters and things, I was like, okay, I could be into that. Hopefully, it won't be like case closed where you know. Um, you know, I don't want to say Funimation dropped the ball, but America dropped the ball on support, which is why it ended back then when it did, and it didn't continue here, but it kept going in, you know, in Japan and everything. But yeah, I, I think it
0: surpassed One Piece uh, in its length. Right? It, it's over a thousand chapters at this point, or so, or a thousand episodes. It's why how long it is.
1: Oh, it's been running for thirty years.
0: Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's yeah, longer <laughs> than One Piece. One Piece has been, uh, I think, twenty three years at this point. So yeah, that's crazy.
1: So One Piece, um, the the fandom recently became. Uh, I became aware of that within the last few years of you know how big of a deal, but I tried to watch like I, I think I'm like maybe sixty episodes, and it's like. I don't think I could make it through another nine hundred some episodes, because to me, you know, I see like, uh, you know, videos and clips of, you know, later on episodes when you know Luffy gets, you know, Gear Four and all that, and I'm like, that looks cool, but to understand everything, like, I, I'm one of those persons. I got to watch it from the beginning to understand everything, and I'm just like, absolutely. I, I don't, I don't think I could make it, especially if it's, it's not, it's not gravitating towards me, like. You know, I see it affect everyone else. Everyone says, you know, give it 200 episodes. And I'm trying, but, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know? Think about, think about how outrageous that statement is. Give it 200 episodes.
0: Like, you know how much in my life that is? <laughs> <laughs> you know how much time that is? But yeah, I, I totally agree with it. And that's why I'll never, you know, try to, like, get someone to watch it if they even are hesitant about it at all. Uh, actually one of my friends right now has started it and he's about, you know, maybe 200 or something chapters in, and even he's starting to get like the fatigue because incredible moments will happen, but then they'll just go away from it. And then you'll go back to the grind as I call it, because it is, it's a grind to get through that series and it is extremely bloated. It doesn't have to be that long. I can tell you that right now. Uh, it's in it's at its 1030 chapter as of this recording. And I think that if you remove the bloat from it, it would probably be at like chapter 650. Because there's just so much unnecessary stuff to it. But at the same time, it's nice because it has like unrivaled world building and character development because of that which makes it such a compelling and interesting series because you're not really going to get this from a lot of the other series. And it kind, of me, it kind of makes me wish that other series would go as deep as One Piece does, just without all the hope to it. Like, I think Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super would be the undisputed best series if it took the world-building of One Piece and added it to itself because Dragon Ball does have it. It's all there. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't have the writing and the talent behind it to get it to the One Piece um, writing and character development and world-building aspects. But then I remember that like it doesn't need it because Dragon Ball and all of its series, it already has it's fan base. Like it doesn't need, like it doesn't need one piece fans or people that gravitate towards that or people that need, you know, that type of story because it already has, you know, you and me and other people like us to where we're not like, I know this is rich coming from me, but I would say that we're not like the standard. Even though I have like a a manga channel and I review manga (laughs) for a living, and technically, I am a weeb, but, I, you know, it's, it, we're not all created equal, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that Dragon Ball, for sure, has, like, the majority of its fandom wouldn't be considered a weeb. Like, look at all of, like, the pro athletes and all of the meatheads in the gym that love Dragon Ball Z, but they, you know, they have no idea what One Piece is. So that's why I'm like, I, I forgive Dragon Ball because it does what it does and it caters to its audience in a very good way. Um, Even more so than one piece does, I I would say, but it's just bittersweet because the potential is there. And I wish one day, if I ever uh, make enough money or get enough power, I would absolutely love to take over the creative for Dragon Ball. Unlikely to happen especially with the way that Japanese business politics are. But I would love to do it because there's just so much there that can be done. It kind of reminds me of like an athlete who's like incredible. And you can see that they have so much talent, but they're like lazy. (laughs) And they just never live up to the potential. And they kind of just come in. They do what they need to do to, you know, get the job done. And then that's it. They don't give you anything else. Uh, And sometimes you know it's kind of disappointing too, but you you kind of just you still love them because they're kind of like a family member to you. Like that's the way that I feel with some of these characters, to be honest. Like Goku, Vegeta, Luffy, uh, Naruto, Ichigo. I've grown up with these guys like my entire life. They they're like a part of me, you know.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. Actually, I forgot to mention Naruto. That was one of the shows that. <clears throat> became a uh, became the number 2 when Dragon Ball um I guess took a break after GT if that's what you want to call it and you know I sit back and think like a lot of people don't understand it it actually started out uh in a gag manga you know back in the 80s you know so you got to remember it's it's like core origin so Oh um you talking about Dr. Slump? Yeah yeah, so you know, if if you if you think about that and you think about what Dragon Ball Z is, because I always tell people, you know, um, you know, I I have a lot of respect and admiration for people like you know Barack Obama, Martin Luther King, um, you know Malcolm X, people who made change in the world, but I get inspiration from characters like. Uh, Goku or Superman, you know, and I always look at them like, you know, like to me, those are two sides of the same coin. They both came from a different planet. They both ended up on Earth. They both grew here and experienced a lot. And that's what made them great heroes. But they always had a sense of doing right, even though they were always looked at as different. You know what I'm saying? But it's the differences that make us great, in my opinion. So, you know, a lot of people don't understand that concept, but uh, just genuine life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I to, it, it's just that I've also it's taken
0: so much inspiration from these characters, and uh, sometimes, like, I even vicariously live through them. Like, I'll, like it, you know, it, it was more so when I was younger and. Mm -hmm. more impressionable, I guess. But like, I feel like, man, you know, if they can do it, you know, I can do it. And I know that sounds so cliche, but in your head, it sounds different. You're not saying like, if they could do it, I could do it. It's kind of more like a feeling. It's like, man, if they can overcome and succeed, even though they are fictional, but just in that, in that specific instance, I can relate it to my own experiences. And, you know, maybe this will help me get through it because, I personally didn't grow up with like uh like a family or or like a lot of role models around me. Uh so like I, I would go to TV or media or whatever, and they would become my like um surrogate uh family or surrogate role models in a way. So it it, it just it's helped me in such a weird way that you know, if you would have asked me like 10 years ago. I would have no idea that it would have like this kind of impact on my character as a person. And um, I mean, I know that you can understand that and relate to it yourself, but I feel like that if you were to talk to like a layman about this, maybe they wouldn't understand it. they would kind of think that maybe it's even kind of um, childish in a way. But um, it's like, I don't blame them for that because, you know, this is like a niche even though, you know, anime and manga has become way more popular than it's ever been at this point. I would just say being like um, compared to like a sport or something, it's kind of niche. And, you know, not everybody can relate to it, but just um, I, I think it's just had such a, a good positive impact on my life. And I think it's had positive impact on, on other youth too which is another thing that a lot of people don't talk about, especially like the Karens and people like that. They just want to say, like, oh, it's violent or it's sexual. And that's true. That's another issue that I have with these manga, uh, selling sex to kids and sexualizing all of these characters. And I'm not like the moral police or whatever, but mm. you know, maybe, maybe it could be done a little uh, more tasteful. but uh, going back to what I was saying, it's just like, I, I think these, these series have positive impacts on our life in a way we could see these characters doing the right thing, and maybe they're not always like perfect characters. You know, like in other series, like they do make mistakes sometimes, and they do make questionable decisions, which is another reason why I think uh, makes it so different from the other standard series because we're coming from these perfect characters who don't make you know uh, poor choices or questionable things or whatever, and then we come to these manga characters where it's like oh sometimes you know, we can relate them to ourselves because we do things all the time that we regret afterwards. Um so yeah, I I, I just uh think that it's just a positive thing to be on most of the time. I mean, you know, obviously sometimes you have psychos out there. Uh but that I guess that goes with the you know every fandom community.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. I um I think that a lot of people always have misconceptions about anything they don't truly understand. And one of the things I appreciate about your channel is, you know, like from my perspective, it's almost like after hearing you say what you just said, it's like you unwittingly uh, created it as an homage to You know, your development and, you know, getting to getting you to where you are today, because I'm pretty sure when you started it, you didn't have any idea where it was going to go or, you know, how much, uh, you know, inspirational drive it was going to give you. But I'm pretty sure from then till now, you just was like, wow, I, I, I probably started this just to, you know, put something out there and now look at me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you if you don't mind, we can talk about that for a little bit. Uh, sure. The origin of my channel. So, before I started zoning and everything, uh, I, you know, I was just like anybody else, kind of just going through the motions. Um, you know, I, I still had one foot, you know, in the door of whether I was going to do college or you know, whatever I was going to do with my life. I was just unsure because. You know, just things were different, difficult with my life before YouTube. They still kind of are, but not, not as much. Um, so then one, uh, one day I came across Dragon Ball Super. Like, my friend had randomly told me about it. And they were like, hey, uh, you know, did you hear about Dragon Ball Super? I was like, yeah. You know, I, I heard about the movie, the Beerus movie. Uh, and I was like, that's cool that it came back. And I think that's a good idea, introducing that guy in the universes and everything. Then they told me about the Goku Black stuff. And I was like, oh, that sounds super interesting. So then I wound up checking it out, you know, and it was just, it was the cycle all over again. It, it went back to like when I was eight years old, discovering Dragon Ball for the first time. Just, it, it was like love of first sight all over again. And then I came across like other YouTubers who were doing it. And I was like, man, this is so cool. They get to talk about it and there's like this community here. And and this is just so cool. And before that, I was, you know, super into YouTube. I always wanted to be a YouTuber. I always wanted to do it. Um, I I think my whole entire life, pretty much, I've been on most of it, most of my uh, self aware life, because I got, I, I mean, I got YouTube when it, within the first 12 months it started, I think, like 2005 early two thousand six around there. And it obviously wasn't a big deal. It was kind of just a video hosting site. I remember going on there because I was looking for uh bleach episodes. Hmm. And uh when YouTube first started, it was the Wild West. I'm sure you remember there was everything on there. There's porn, movies, everything. Yeah. So I went on there and I was looking up bleach episodes. And then you know as time went on there started be creators and I, I was just like, man, this is amazing. I, I wanna do YouTube. I wanna do this, but you know, just I didn't have the drive. I didn't have the motivation at that point. I, I didn't have enough character development, I'll say, uh, to actually get the the ball rolling. And uh, over time, you know, I saw Anthony Fantano, the Neil Drop channel, um, other guys like that. It really inspired me. And then it, it was kind of just like everything converging at once at this point. So I was following other YouTubers. I like Strength and Power, he's a bodybuilding YouTuber. I'm really into bodybuilding too. Uh, Anthony Fantano, all of those guys, and then the Dragon Ball guys, it was kind of just like, you know what? I'm doing it. I, I, I want to do this, but it wasn't like I'm going to make this my career. It was just like a big step into me just making the content. So the, the drag, Dragon Ball Super was in the Tournament of Power at this time, and it had just started. So that was the first episode that I had Ever covered on anything? It was like the you know seventh episode of the Tournament of Power, something. And it was just a still image on the screen, me rambling for seventeen minutes. And I was like, "Yeah, this is this is probably good." And I upload it, <laughs> and I'll and I'll never forget this. It said no views, <laughs> and I and I was like, "Oh, oh." Huh, oh, man, what a humbling experience this is. <laughs> and um, after that, every single day, and I mean literally every single day, I, I grinded out YouTube. Like I would work. I'm not trying to sit on like I'm this awesome, cool, grinding guy that had such a hard time. But I, I was working two jobs, and I was trying to make YouTube happen at the same time because, you know, I had to support myself, keep myself afloat. And I was barely staying above the surface at that point and just every single day I would study and I would upload content and I feel like I would get better every single day but the, the progress was super slow like it took like a month before I started getting like even 100 views on my videos like I remember getting a 100 views on my first video I was like wow this is cool it's happening <laughs> and the, and, and I, you know, I had gained some traction eventually. Like I had gotten around thousand subscribers, which was like amazing. I felt like cloud nine at that point when I had gotten thousand subscribers for the first time. But then Dragon Ball Super ended. Um, it, it was this was March twenty eighteen. Like with the Tournament of Power ending, the series was over, and it wasn't you know continuing. It was like there was no word of anything. We only knew that the movie was coming, and I was like, oh no. What am I going to do? My whole entire channel is focused around Dragon Ball Super. And I was like, well, there are other series. Mm -hmm. I can't just follow the other series, too. And that's what I did. I was like, okay, so my hero looks cool. I want to follow that. Um, One Piece, you know, I've always loved One Piece. Grew up with it. Going to follow that. But then One Punch Man came into my radar something that wasn't on it before uh and i had heard good things about it so i checked it out on netflix and it was just love at first sight like i was like oh my god the series is incredible and then by the time boros is fighting saitama it was over i was like this is it you, you're gonna you have me for life <laughs> and i started making one punch man content And out of all the content that I was making, that was the one that was getting views. Just, you know, sometimes it just happens, like with with YouTubers, like you keep going until you find what's going to stick. And then something eventually does, and then you keep following that. So I said, okay, so the algorithm wants to favor my, my One Punch Man content, so I'll keep making One Punch Man content. And then I did, and... Growth happened. I wound up getting 5,000 subscribers, wound up getting 10,000. And then I started getting hit with copyright strikes. (laughs) And let me tell you, the first time I got them, awful feeling, awful feeling. Uh, It feels like you're being arrested or something. Like you're you're literally going to jail. And because, you know, I wasn't accustomed to all of this. It was all new to me. Um, Yeah, it felt awful. I still remember to this day, it, it's just such a bad feeling uh, thinking that your channel is going to die. Everything that you've worked so hard for. But I eventually got over it, got through it, and um, just kept going, kept making more One Punch Man content. And I eventually had um, like a breakthrough. Like one of my video. I forget exactly which one it was. It might have been who is blast (laughs) like a video just talking about who is blast. And then it it just, it it went off and then I started getting some traction, some notoriety. And then the one punch man subreddit picked up on me and they were on my side at that time, uh, which they are not now. Hmm. Um, And then I just started following more and more series, you know, uh, my hero uh, one piece and everything. And then just over time, it was just a compound effect just kept the news just kept going up subscribers kept going up momentum more people kept knowing about me um and and then we got to this point where we are now um and yeah like you said (laughs) before i went on my tangent you know we wouldn't have known where we were going to head uh end up and i'll tell you that i did not know that it was going to end up here i thought that twenty thousand subscribers was as much as I was probably ever going to get. And I was going to be happy with that. I was like, man, 20,000 subs. I can make a living off of this, man. If I get like a thousand dollars a month off of this, I'm sick. And, uh, apparently, (laughs) you know, once you, once you grow up, you realize, Oh, that's nothing. And, uh, I'm going to need a lot more than that to stay afloat. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, we, we just got to this point now. And, uh, yeah, it's fun, but man, at the same time, it's also very uh, taxing on the uh, the soul, I'll say. Uh, uh, being a creator, I, I think it's like being an athlete, not in the sense of like, uh, you know, physical endeavor, of course, but um, the way that athletes only have so much time to do something like you can't be a top athlete. Forever, obviously, you only have like maybe a ten-year window if you're lucky, and then throughout those ten years, you're taking so much damage to your body. But I feel like with a creator, you're taking damage to your mental health because, first of all, social media obviously is detrimental first, uh, just mental health in general. Mm-hmm. But when you become a creator, and then all of that starts funneling towards you individually, then it's like your main lining that poison that social media was in in the first place. And uh, I mean, now I've kind of become more accustomed to it. But at first, man, I'm not gonna lie, it definitely did affect me. like hundreds of people calling you an idiot or a piece of shit every day. Uh, It didn't feel good at first because you're not used to it. You only have like one or two people, you know, every so often that will be angry with you about something. But then when you just have like hundreds of thousands of anonymous people all ganging up on you. It's like this new experience, man, this sucks. Um, so, yeah. Um,
1: but I digress. <laughs> what got you over that hump from, you know, not taking it in and just realizing that, you know, people are going to feel how they feel. Because that's exactly what it was. I, I started to realize who these
0: people were. And I realized that, oh, they hate themselves. There's no other reason why they would be doing this, because I'm sure you don't go on social media and just start lambasting all of these toxic comments and spreading all of this negativity and toxicity. And neither do I. It's just not a thing that I would say normal people do. Mm -hmm. But then you have these people that maybe they started off as good people But then uh, maybe lifestyle choices that they've made have just slowly turned them into just this toxic, angry, mean person that the only way that they can get like a dopamine rush in in their mind is to spread that toxicity to others. Like, I assume that it makes them feel good Like when they say like, oh, you're an idiot or you suck or, you know, you're a piece of shit, whatever. I, I imagine that there's a reason why they do that. It's not just like, oh, I'm trying to be funny. Like, I think it's more than that. I think they like, it makes them feel good because it takes away from them feeling like shit all day and just not being, you know, a productive member of society, I guess. Um, even that, even coming to that realization isn't like a spell that you can cast on yourself and like, I am no longer affected by this. It still affects me to a point. Uh, I mean, it's just only human, I guess. But uh, coming to that realization really helped because, like, you'll see, like, these DMs or these comments of these people just, like, so angry and so upset. And it's like, man, I I just feel bad for you. Like, I'm not even angry at you and I don't hold any any contempt for you. I just pity you. And and I, I just hope that you could somehow see what you're doing and overcome it one day, you know, and just try to change your ways. I mean, obviously not everyone is going, it's going to happen with some people are going to be like that for the rest of their lives. But I I just hope some of these people can just see the errors in their way eventually. And they're like, Oh, I don't have to do this. I don't have to be this toxic person. I can try to improve my lifestyle and things, you know, try to make uh, at least my impact on the internet better.
1: Uh, And I think you're doing that, Um, whether you know it or not, you know, a lot of people, sometimes they don't, they aren't the sharing type, but, you know, they support you as a way of acknowledging your existence and, you know, what you might have contributed to their life. Because, you know, people consume, you know, content on a daily basis, and sometimes you don't realize that what you're putting out there is actually helping someone. Even though I don't want to say you're just having fun, but you're doing something that you feel passionate about, and it's like that's dope, you know. Um, the first time I got a message about how my content helped somebody, I was like, "Man, that's a dope! That's a dope feeling." I didn't I didn't expect that, and I was like, "That's cool," you know. And I appreciate that. And me and that person are actually still cool to this day, you know. We we developed a you know a bond through you know, uh, my, my content and, you know, stuff like that is, you know, with those people who, who are afraid of self-reflection, that's what they don't understand. And if they would just, you know, flip that mirror on themselves, they would see that, Hey man, it's, it's not them, it's you, you know, but it's not, it's not up to you to force them or make them see it. they have it for themselves. It's like, you know a person right before they uh, decide to go to rehab, you know you can drag them there all you want, and they're going to fight you it's not until they're ready to do it that they'll actually get the help that they need you know
0: absolutely that's awesome man I'm really happy to hear that that you have been able to help someone uh, with your content and that it means something to you um, because you know I've gotten those messages myself, and it's a it's a very interesting i want to say humbling but not like humbling in the way it's like you getting your ass beat or something but humbling in a way to see that you're having more of an impact than you thought because you know the like i just thought oh, i'm just making junk food content for people to enjoy and then they you know for seven or eight minutes and then they get on with their lives but then i get these messages to people saying like you know you helped me through this you helped me through that and, and it's like wow i i i'm I don't know what the word is, but I'm just um appreciative that I've been able to do that. Because the other day I was thinking to myself, because my my uh somebody that I really looked up to had died recently. And I was thinking about their legacy and what they had left behind. And I thought about myself. I was like, if I were to unfortunately pass unexpectedly, I was like, what have, have I done anything significant with my life? And I was like, well, I guess I have helped some people uh, in one way or another. And I, and I think that's super important that at least I've done that with my life, you know, mm-hmm. um, at least going that far with something. Because I, I know that if I wasn't a YouTuber, I probably would have not helped anyone, you know, or at, at least people outside of my immediate you know, friends or family service. So I'm just uh I don't know I'm just happy that I can at least do that with uh, my platform, because uh, the last thing I want to do is the uh, opposite.
1: Mm-hmm. you know Yeah, become one of those people that just you know spread hate or just <laughs> bullshit on a consistent basis. so you know I you know always like uh, you know people that I follow, they constantly say um you know stay out the comments the comments is where you stress yourself out the worst and i've learned that that's true and i appreciate you know constructive criticism but you know you just talking shit it's like eh whatever i'll i'll accept it for now but once it becomes excessive i'm gonna go ahead and block you so uh let me ask you this uh are you a fan of uh what if series Oh, absolutely! I'm a I'm a big MCU guy, big MCU guy. Okay, so um, I I like the the variations and the possibilities that you know situations like that create. So, uh, one one uh, channel that I follow, I've been following for a while now, uh, Unrelent Gaming on YouTube. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not.
0: Yeah, um, ah, I I I know it. Alex, Alex.
1: Yeah, so I, I did my research on him. You know, I found out that you know he's—I mean—besides one of uh, the world's biggest uh, Dragon Ball Z fan, he's a pro wrestler, and you know, much more an artist. And one thing that that I've really messed with is um, his his way of—I um, don't want to say illustrating, but basically animating someone else's fan manga and making it so um just enthralling to you know listen to or watch the story and his myrno series like by far is one of the dopest things out there right now so i want to know did you ever get a chance to check that out and what you think about it
0: i had seen him talking about it on twitter Mm-hmm. Oh, I hit him and Star talking about it. But I haven't been able to check it out now, but I'll add it to the my back. I have the Yu Yu Show manga, and then I'll add, uh, what did you say, uh, um,
1: Murno? Yeah, Murno.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So, you know, without giving out too much details, he's basically an angel from the 13th universe that was erased by Zeno. And he, uh, he comes back and his uh, <clears throat> his goal is to recover his original body and destroy the uh, angel hierarchy along with Zeno. And man, that story has went so far left and right back. And you got to you got to watch. It's so many. It's so many. No, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out for sure. But this goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Mm -hmm. about how
0: it's there like dragon ball has all the potential in the world for these awesome stories like this but they're just not doing it like that's an amazing concept the 13th universe that was erased there was like i think three other ones that were erased that we we haven't seen right Mm -hmm. so like it's just what that's infinite possibilities right there let alone just all of the universes that we haven't really explored anyway we've only known what we've seen in the Port of power but just like okay a random angel like myrno coming back but then he's trying to wipe out the angel hierarchy that's amazing that sounds like i'm already hyped just thinking about it mm-hmm. and that's just a fan manga like imagine if that was like actually a part of the story it's just ah, kind of
1: frustrating
0: But uh, like I said, I'm at peace with it because they cater to the audience and that's
1: like the most important thing. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about, you know, this day and age is it's possible it can happen. You know, when when someone is talented enough, you know, or their story creates enough attention, it's possible to, you know, you know, integrate that, you know, maybe not in the current chapters that we're in right now, which are, you know, that, that fight with granola uh, is really pissing me off. And <laughs> and that ultra ego yeah. name is so stupid, but, you know, it, it is what it is, you know. But, you know, stuff like that, man, like without shows like, oh, I can't say shows, without content like that, I wouldn't have made it through 2021 the way I did as an essential worker. Who I had recently quit smoking cigarettes. Um, oh, good for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's hard. Our, <laughs> a relationship was on the rocks. Uh, working every day, can't really go outside. It's just like I needed those things, you know. And along with your show, like I was sitting, uh, I, was, uh, uh, I was sitting in the truck, and I'm riding it. And next thing you know, uh, this video pops up. And it's like uh, uh, the the story about King. And then you start talking and I'm like, hmm, you know, I saw this guy, but I never seen him in action. And then you gave the breakdown about, you know, about how, you know, he's just really lucky (laughs) if you think about it. So and I'm just like, the next thing you know, it's like two hours later. And I'm I'm into the one, one, one Punch Man universe through your eyes. And I'm just like, okay, all right. I can't wait for season two to come out. This season two comes out and it's like, okay, where's season three? And it's like, ah, hiatus. Like, oh, I don't want to say hiatus, but, you know, the world shut down. You know, you can only do so much from home, which I understand and everything. And it's just like, man, and you consume so much content. And then next thing you know, you you kind of get hooked to the point that you're starving for the next thing, and that's when these what ifs and fan mongers come right in hand either come in handy because it's like, oh man, Dragon Ball Super isn't coming out to 2022, maybe as far as the series, but you got this, and then you got great creatives and just great minds that's out here you know, doing the Lord's work without even knowing that they're doing it because they're just doing what they feel as though is secondhand or second nature to them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I like the way that you um, phrase that through your eyes. Um, Because I guess we are, uh, when we do follow these creators, we are seeing the things through their eyes. And, And I guess that also helps with the enjoyment, too, because I guess uh the enthusiasm is uh, infectious right mm-hmm. yeah you know, so- something maybe you wouldn't otherwise have it if this person didn't give it to you so that that's uh that's that's a very interesting way of putting it and i agree absolutely um but yeah that's uh that's all the time I got today um but this was an awesome conversation man thank you for having me um and I appreciate you for following me you said. Uh, Back before season two came out. So, you've been following me for at least uh, the last two years. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And um,
1: I mean, obviously, I know you now.
0: So, um, you know, we'll stay in each other's uh, circle.
1: Man, most definitely. I appreciate you for joining me today. This has actually been uh, one of the best conversations I've had in a while, just overall in general, man. So uh, could you just do me a favor and let the people know where they can find you?
0: Hey, uh, just uh, Z-H-O-N-I-I-N
1: on YouTube.
0: Um, You know, check me out or not. But to be honest, I'd much rather you guys help uh, this channel grow. My, My channel's fine. I want to
1: see other creators grow and uh yeah such as Big T he certainly deserves it. I appreciate it, Jonah. So uh you know um I I'll, I'll keep in talk and I'll let you know, you know, when everything's going to drop and everything like that. Cool. All right, man. So, uh, take care, man. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, you too, peace out, man. All right. <laughs> I can't make this up Being the wingman got me punched in the face by this crazy chick I can't make this up Gave this cool old man to ride home Now I'm harboring the fugitive I can't make this up Pinned between the fat chick and the speaker Now my shirt smell like her backside I can't make this up It's all bad cause my man about to get stabbed in his hand over french fries Bad I'm
0: I'm
1: and I'ma let the Land Over Legend do the rest. I'm out.